Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Hello and welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. Now today I have a very special lady, lady after my own heart. I'm looking forward to this interview because I know we're going to be sharing some real nuggets and getting really deep into certain things. So without further ado, I introduce you to Lisa Barry, who is a copy coach. Welcome, Lisa. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honour to be here. So, yeah, really appreciative. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. I am. I'm really looking forward to this. Just that brief chat we had before we started the interview. I know there's going to be so many wonderful things you're going to be able to share with us. We're very aligned, aren't we? We are. We are indeed. So without further ado, I'm going to jump into the first question. Lisa, can you describe can you describe your career path to date, please? Well, that's a funny question because it certainly wasn't a path that I had originally laid out for myself. As many things in life um, happen, we find ourselves on different trajectories that I could never imagined myself on. I never wanted to be a business owner. I never wanted to be a marketer. I actually thought I didn't understand how marketing helped people and I thought marketing was just people with big shoulder pads and big mobile phones my impression (laughs) of the sort of 80s idea of what somebody in business might look like um I originally trained as a teacher and then I went on oh hang on I'm just on a call sweetheart no sweetheart I'm go and see daddy darling you need to go and see daddy sweetheart I'm very sorry about that. That like, I do have my my husband is uh, uh, the carer when I'm working, but obviously it wasn't working in that moment. So huge apologies. Um, this is part of my life, though. This is part of my life, and what's led me to. They are the reason. My little people are the reason that actually I went into business. So there's a nice segue there. Um, so what happened was um, I started I trained as in a coach for um, adults, um, young people from ages 14 to 25 to help them reach their potential and then what happened from that moment is I got made redundant when I'd had my second baby my I was nine months pregnant when I was made redundant and I was really screwed (laughs) I was like I was really didn't know what to do my husband didn't make enough money for both of us you know trying to get work when you've got small children is impossible like you know you just the childcare costs more than any job that I actually even tried to get anyway um and I needed to find a way and it was out of you know I won't lie I started my business out of pure desperation um and it was the best thing that ever happened to me I'm so glad I was made redundant if only I'd known that at the time (laughs) I'd love to go back and tell myself it's all going to be okay but in that moment I didn't feel it at all um and so I started writing I always enjoyed writing I used to teach English I, I loved I used to write for pleasure but I never thought anyone would pay me and I didn't understand marketing. So I started writing on these platforms where they pay you. Um, so they like put these jobs out and you apply for them and they're really badly paid. And my husband used to say, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. And my first job was $25 for 20 to edit 25 stories, children's stories. It took me two weeks for $25. And I was so determined and something in me was like, this is the path I need to take. And I didn't understand why. And no one around me understood why. My mum said, who's going to pay you to write? My husband said, "Um, not because these people aren't supportive of me, just because they didn't understand the industry. And it was for them. They were like, what is she doing? She doesn't do this sort of stuff. Nobody understood it. There was something I can't explain what drove me in that moment because I ended up sitting in the toilet writing because so that my husband wouldn't have a go at me for like doing like he just thought it was crazy so I'd be like I'm just going to the loo and I'd sneak my laptop in with me (laughs) 
so it was a rather um I just I'm quite if I get something in my head I'm just gonna do it and then I started working with these marketing agencies and they at this one in particular in Canada it was and they took me under their wing and I became part of a team and that's where I learned the skill now that is copywriting um and it was a very and then I had more babies um and I was able to then my business then was actually it became a business it went from me sitting in the toilet hiding from my husband um to actually (laughs) becoming a copywriter working for different agencies six-figure coaches um I learned lots of different marketing strategies as a copywriter working within these teams but then I got to a point where I started to examine, you know, because my ideal client used to be anyone that would pay me. And I started to examine who I wanted to work with, what legacy I wanted to leave, what brought me the most joy. And the bits that I found the most appealing was the when I was working with individuals, one like working like on a Zoom call, getting to the root of what was what their messaging is and also what stops them from showing up because People are so wrapped in, it's not, right in, being successful at content marketing is not just about writing the perfect social media post. If you are doing your own marketing, especially, it is often wrapped in your own insecurities, your own imposter syndrome, your own fears. And somehow you have to take off that cloak. You have to take that off and step into the light. And it's very frightening. And even though I could write copy for other people, I found it difficult to write it for myself. Yeah. So I knew that it was deeper. This stuff is deeper than just putting words in a particular process to create a sentence and a paragraph and, and, and then suddenly somebody buys something. It's, it's deeper than that. This is working on our inner, our inner triggers, our inner things that drive us as well. So um, I started to see if I could teach what I felt so strongly about. And that was a massive shift. And I coined now that like use the phrase mission led content. And that's now what I teach. So I teach business owners, purpose driven business owners who really want to make a difference in in the world of their business. And I teach them how to write and get more leads. But by using copy that is intuitive to them, that feels good to them, that they're able to show up and and be courageously visible because that's what it takes. So that's where I am today, <laughs> teaching people now. This is absolutely fantastic. And yes, there's so many synchronicities I can see and hear in your story. And this is where, where you've said all this. Yes, most people that do online marketing start to look at social media and content. Because everyone's done it on a personal level, they think they are the experts and they think to do it on a business level, a professional level is the same and it is completely different and often often as well you find the really good people you and I that are experts in our field you command a certain fee to go with it and then you're up against people that are doing it and charging 50 quid or something to do something that we maybe have to zero absolutely I struggled with that from the first, you know, I realised how competitive the market was and that was um, coming up to 10 years ago. So, you know, the market has become increasingly um, heavy and, and noisy and, you know, everybody thinks they can they can do it. Yes. <laughs> Everyone it, and their wife thinks they can do it. Oh, and it's, I so completely agree with you. I can remember Marks and Spencer approaching me to look at a reputation management piece simply because they'd had a graduate come in and do their social media for them. And yes, you've got a certain generation that have grown up using social media, but as we said, that was personal. And they'd gone in, they thought, right, the way you engage with more of an audience, you use a hashtag that's popular at the time. So they picked all the political hashtags and used it to send out for Marks and Spencer oh and completely and actually having to share and say to people no it's a completely different message and this is where sometimes I get on my high oh, horse goodness. with this but to see this I is think different. I think you need to be there there's a place for you on that high horse <laughs> <laughs> you've earned your place on that horse <laughs> 
this is where it gets me. You got you are up against people that do not know what they're talking about. And I can remember when affiliate marketing first started, and like everyone else, I thought, right, yes, I'm going to do one of these courses, and I paid the money. And I got this thing come through, you know, where they say they've made X amount of money and they share the bank account thing. Well, they actually sent me the template of the bank account to show that you write your own figures. And I was shocked. I was so naive at the time. I'd actually thought, yes, I believe what these people listen. And uh, you just think, and to see that this is where you have the audience general public when they look at things they're comparing say what we'd offer and the services and the expertise we bring against someone that's saying yes they earn six figure months and everything and I'm thinking now step back if you really were earning six figure months you wouldn't be promoting on Facebook you'd have other people you'd have a massive marketing campaign behind you you'd have agencies doing it but this is where it really annoys me because people mislead and say oh, it's, it's, it's oh. a huge thing and and from somebody when I first started the naivety like you say the naivety we, when you come from a place naturally of integrity you assume that other people are in that space yeah. as well you you know it's quite shocking when you uncover what goes on and actually some of the people that it, and in looking back now it was a very positive experience because it really helped me to define what I stood for and what I stood against yeah. but I worked for some of those as copywriters and I didn't know at the time I didn't even understand it I was you know all that like I said my ideal client was anyone who paid me at the time I was like oh you're going to pay me to do this writing okay and then I would feel I would learn more about their business learn more about what they were doing Doing and I would see them promising these things and getting me to write the promises as well as the copywriter and it got to I just I can't I can't sleep at night I can't do this I would became part of a machine that I felt very uncomfortable in and and stepping away from it was very difficult because as a family we relied on income and everything like that yeah. but working I had some amazing clients as well so this wasn't like all my clients but actually I'm really pleased I had the insiders access to it because now I say to people um, one of my big messages as well is that if you're doing your own marketing, so this isn't if you have a team behind you, if you're doing your own marketing, I've seen a lot of different strategies work. Some of them are uh, without integrity, but the ones with integrity I'm talking about, I've seen a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different ways to skin a marketing cat, right? There's a lot of different approaches and some suit different. You know, if you're an introvert and you're an extrovert, there's different personality types, different ways of building a business through social media that will appeal to you in different ways. If you're the one that's actually got to doing it, you're the one that has to show up and actually perform it. So even if somebody says this strategy works, it might work. Yeah. But it's not going to work for everybody. No. And sometimes they'll say, oh, we can get you to six-figure months. And I was in one course that just said this, right? It was, I, as in I was part of it. I joined it. And um, what I noticed very quickly is that it would only work if you were so long along, your, so far along your journey, as in you had an audience, you had your um, service, you knew the problems, you, you had you had something to build on yeah but they were selling it to those start-offs and it's not that the strategy was wrong but it that it wasn't right for those people and they were disingenuous with the language they used to sell it yeah and that to me is completely immoral yeah because it's just about they're not interested in the results yeah they're only interested in getting the money that those people will never succeed because it's not the right service for them at that point in their business. Yeah. But then they blame that person and say, well, they didn't put the work in. They didn't try hard enough. Yeah. They weren't willing to, you know, do the graft. And it's no, it wasn't right for them. Yeah. And that, that really is one of my, <laughs> my ladies. I'm on my, I can get, I'm on that horse with you. <laughs> oh, this is where synchronicities we are so alike and this is why I said I'm so looking forward to this interview because we have we come from a place of knowledge and actually sharing and it, it does sometimes it does it really frustrates me because so many people turn to social media as a way they say yes it's a cheap way to promote it can be but it can also be very very, very expensive yeah facebook ads have just released their most they've just had the biggest growth because they've put their prices up threefold 
yeah it's very expensive at the moment very expensive but um it can be worth it. it can be you know I, I've got ads running at the moment and you know the return I will get on the investment is worth it however I would never have run ads yeah you know to this to to, to my mentorship to this to, to a challenge that I'm running I would never have run that when I first started it because that wouldn't I wouldn't know what my return on investment would be I, I yeah. didn't know my figures I didn't understand you know it was I was testing you, yeah. you can't that's the other thing when people tell people to throw into things without actually testing through the process and then there's always something to blame where it hasn't worked but people need to experience people need to go through they need to test the market they need to test the product or the service you can't just throw money at something without understanding what the money that you're spending and what you're going to get back from it and and that it even works um and yet but again, that goes down to the people who are selling these things aren't interested in the end result. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, is, that's the problem in the industry. Not that, enough people are willing to take responsibility for their clients, out for the outcomes their clients receive. Yeah. And also, I mean, something that I did a podcast interview with the previous guest, and I got on my high horse again when I said about these things. But when you look at social media, and we have a whole generation now that has grown up using it, and you look at the mental health issues that youngsters in school have because they don't get enough likes. And you just think, the algorithms that change it's not all about likes you might have a post that doesn't get likes but it could be the most profitable post because it's absolutely you want it's vanity it's vanity vanity matrix metrics i can't even speak now vanity metrics that's the problem and and it's still what's interesting though is um i've got children and they all want to be they want all the social media platforms they're too young for them yet and i've said no um but we did have we set up a family youtube channel which has like two videos on it and they're both unlisted but the instant the minute they saw i saw the reaction of them getting the um feedback and and the, the way that and my one child said well what why doesn't more why don't more people like them because they're comparing themselves with the youtube it's like no one's seen it it's unlisted for a start they couldn't anyway <laughs> you know only the people we sent it to um but it's i saw then and, and i said to my husband he said well you like it when you get likes so you know you can understand where it comes from um, and there is this human need to be validated and I think yeah. so it's understanding it's coming from this human um inner desire to be accepted and that like or that comment or that l- little love symbol is like somebody saying I accept you you are you are valid your opinion your life is worthy and the minute we start you know as an adult I can say yeah I do like it when I get engagement but I don't aim for engagement. Yeah. I, I aim to, you know, sometimes you make, you write a post that I will get somebody that comes to me and said that post really made a difference to me. Yeah. And that person did not engage. That yeah. person, it made a difference to them quietly in their own space. They didn't engage, but they may very often people who buy my stuff will just have never engaged. And I think, I don't know this name. Who is this? But they've just quietly watching and so it's like children like you say they haven't got that experience that gives them the perspective but I see adults also getting caught up in it and part of that is to do with the bad marketing from others to say that that's the thing that they should be aiming for where it's not if we're we're in business we want to make sales (laughs) like that's what we want to actually do with you know it's lovely to have someone like your stuff but at the end of the day those likes and and comments aren't going to pay the mortgage yeah exactly exactly and I know I've gone slightly off track but I can see yes we've we've ranted we've ranted but that's okay (laughs) but that this is the the quality of this interview because we've got so much information to bring to it is absolutely brilliant so I'm going to move on to the next question okay okay can you you might have covered it a bit where you've gone into um, how your career (laughs) (laughs) would you name three things that made you choose your current career and why well, I think that one of the big core elements of um, being driven, my, my drive to write comes from my drive to communicate. 
So I've always loved writing and talking. And even though I'm, I'm very much an introvert, which a lot of people don't believe, but I really am. <laughs> I still, I value people. And I love, I love how words are so powerful. And even a comma can change the meaning of a whole sentence. And I find that fascinating. And so I've always, you know, I've, I loved English at school. And I also, when I became a coach working with young people, I would work with um, various, lots of various different it was always the young people that weren't reaching their potential. So that could be even special needs or gifted and talented. It was, you know, they varied a lot, just whatever their potential was that they were missing it. Um, and I worked with some incredible, incredible um, young people who, who just couldn't, they didn't value English and, and language and yet they were using it all the time and I loved how if, you, if I started to bring music into it and things like that and and lyrics um then you know even hip-hop then suddenly they were like oh I get yeah they, they could talk about what they're trying to communicate and all these sort of things because it meant something to them and I, I love making it accessible so that's now what I do now is making that language accessible maybe not talking about hip-hop necessarily but, <laughs> but making language accessible and showing the power of it allowing people there's nothing what defines us as humans is our ability to communicate so sophisticatedly yeah. so it, it there is nothing more powerful than the the power of a word the power of it's how we we start wars with words we we um start love affairs with words everything comes from language it's it's just such an innate human experience so that's as far as the writing goes that comes from um, but something that um, really pushed me into doing the teaching and, and like my experience as a teacher and now what I do, I also hated teaching <laughs> and thought, oh, I wasted all my time getting that education and doing trying to stay in education for a while as well before it absolutely like knocked the sales out of me. But how I teach now and teach copy is very much rooted in what I didn't like about the education system. So I believe in every learner is unique as a person and there is no cookie cutter approaches. And it's why this education system left me cold because it was all like always appealing to you appeal to the lowest denominator as in like you have to have all these rules in place and and everything like that. And then that, the, the pushing always result based and in a very like there's only one type of result and there's only one type of success and that whole thing and I I, I just it it takes the humanity out of the educational experience so the way that I teach now is actually based on my dislike (laughs) of the education system and it's all about how I wish I could have taught children when I was at school which was about teaching a bit like what I ended up doing as a coach when I progressed on coaching which is about teaching individuals and meeting individuals where they are and it's not about mass training one way my way or the highway it's listening to people as individuals um and the third thing is when i read and i'm not sure if this is a book you've read but the big leap by gay hendrix and it had a massive impact on me that book and he talks about stepping into your zone of genius and really identifying the thing the very particular thing like not just saying oh I'm good at writing or I'm good at people or anything but really particular what is your actual zone of genius where you feel in the most flow where you feel at that space where like it's not even work things that you're you're not even thinking really it's things that are just happening and I realized when I read that book that that was I'd already started my mentorship program and I'd already started teaching copy but what I was doing it was very much more of a sort of this is I'm teaching you how to do this and you can interpret it and I'd support them in that but that's when I started doing much more physical coaching like like face-to-face coaching um within my community because what my zone of genius was talking to somebody who feels overwhelmed and feels like they don't know where to step next and allowing them to understand what their next step is in their visibility. So it's specific on visibility and on content marketing and that, you know, it's from that angle, but actually it's really holistic because if you feel stuck on that, then it often is, it could be something like you're stuck on your services and you don't know, you know, if you don't know what service you're promoting, then you can't promote it. You know, it's like, it could be something like that, or it could be something emotional that there's something blocking them emotionally, but whatever it is, it's about allowing people to move forward. And so my my 
course now, the way that I work is very much based on helping firstly helping them to understand the power of language secondly doing it very much from an individual point of view and thirdly getting deep and dirty with them and getting face to face with them and actually helping them to know what that next step is because that's all we need to all the only responsibility we have is to take one step at a time we can't do it all at once yeah. and and i think so and that's social media has got and that's another thing that social media has got to do <laughs> is there's so much overwhelm and noise that it can just paralyze people and that is has no that doesn't do anything for moving forward at all (laughs) that that doesn't that doesn't help anyone if you're paralyzed by overwhelm you're not going to be doing anything you're not going to be moving forward at all so i want people to be courageously visible um and that just takes one step at a time absolutely absolutely love everything you have said my degree is English, so when you started about language, I thought, yes, I can remember my first blog post was all about linguistics and how language has changed with the digital era and everything. And like you say, yes, that's huge. I'd love to read that. <laughs> it's, I mean, it is because my family make fun of me because I will not shorten anything. When I write a text, it's got the apostrophes, it's got the commas and everything because so much can be mis- got meaning it is because yes. so much can oh, be oh goodness yeah. <laughs> because if you say in if you do capitals people think you're shouting at them how the amount of arguments i have had with people because a text message has been misread because the comma was in the wrong place or they've used and predictive mm-hmm. text as well when it changes the whole word and it then changes the mm-hmm. whole syntax of the sentence yes. and everything so yes with that and again with the way people learn everyone has different learning styles so you how you push or promote the content that you're sharing whether it's a video because people are more visually um they learn better in that way whether it's um listening auditory or actually seeing the text and seeing if they they prefer to assimilate information there but it's understanding it's understanding that internally as well isn't it how you best learn see some people people will often come to me who have had negative experiences at school it's really i get two types of people people have either had negative experiences at school or they're ex-teachers i don't know what what happens along that line but from the people who have negative experience school they've often been told they can't write and they can't you know or you're not good enough they they've for what they've got their stories that that explain that um and or they like things like dyslexia and stuff like that that shows up um i have a lot of people who are neurodiverse as well so that's led to their negative experiences in school like lack of understanding um and so they it, it's understanding how your audience is going to be picking up on things but also understanding how you as an individual is going to learn best to to left if you're going to put your energy into something they'll often just think oh, I was rubbish at school I was rubbish at learning it's just that they've never been given an opportunity to learn in a way that suits them to learn in a way that is compassionate to their strengths um and that's something I'm really really passionate about it's like I homeschool my children now because I I, I want them to learn in a way that's compassionate to their strengths and I just find found my experiences of the school system wasn't doing that. Um, and so I try and bring that into my work. That's, yeah, really super passionate about that. Yeah. So many synchronicities, like I say, and I can remember, I, that, I remember being, I think it's when I was at university and I did my degree as a mature student. So I'd gone through, I'd got an idea of life and they yes. were teaching us how the political climate can change everything and when you have different um parliaments or whatever that are fitting in if the ideology is different they will change the way people are taught so you have whole generations so fascinating isn't it yeah yeah. absolutely yeah that is an um that's definitely I've seen that in 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 the education because I keep a close eye on it as well and I've definitely seen that and you only have to look um I mean history I I I I majored in history and it's the um 
history is only his story so it's his version and there are so many versions of events so it all depends what what version we want to present to our children um and that then feeds into our and and that then feeds into social media you only have to take events like black lives matter to see how events that happened um and how people's perceptions on them were affected by school and then that impacted on social media and a lot of people around either black lives matter or covid stuff these very um difficult conversations where people were very divided or even things like brexit and and or general elections or the american election it causes so much um tension on social media and it makes people feel like they don't want to show up yeah. and i get that because i don't necessarily want to show up in all those conversations I, I, at all like it's not it's it's some of them i will engage with because i i find it beneficial but not all of them um certainly, certainly, so one, there's definitely a lot of things i don't want to be engaging with at the moment um and but it's it's so this is part of my teaching is that understanding what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. So for some people, they'll say to me, social media is overwhelming. It's noisy. I can't stand it. I hate it. I'm no good at it. And it's all these stories. Yeah. And actually you can nurture a space on social media that is supportive to you and that in, that lifts you up. It doesn't have to be. It, social media is a reflection of humanity. It is light and it is dark. Yeah. It is all of those things. And so you choose the path you want to take through it. Yeah. And a lot like when we see these fake news items, for some for some unknown reason, people seem to think they can tell a complete load of rubbish. And because it's on social media, everyone believes it. They don't fact check it. They don't realise that half of this. The, the latest thing that I heard when I presented a fact checked, when I talked about fact checking was some people chimed in with, Fact checkers are run by the government. And I just said, okay, well, I'm out of this conversation yep. now. I'm going to remove yes. I can't what I can't argue with that. I don't want to argue from that. I'm going to go back in my bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's it's if somebody makes a YouTube video on it and it's obviously more trustworthy, I don't know. Um, I, I think the important thing to remember here though, especially at the moment, is people, no matter what side of the fences people are falling on. Every, every side is, is filled with fear and then that yeah. drives people's um, thoughts feelings and actions and that we see reflected on social media and so whether or not it's something that we agree with or we don't agree with it's it's I can have empathy and, and I try and always look at the big picture and even if I don't agree with something I try and understand from their point of view however when it comes to me showing up on social media and me being courageously visible and me promoting my business I have there's certain lanes I have to stay in and certain places and conversations I have to avoid because it's just going to drag me to a place that is not serving me or my mission. And and that's the thing. Like if I want to read a new story and understand things from different perspectives, I can do that in my own time. But at this point, I, I have to stay on my mission. It doesn't mean I stay away from political stuff, not all political stuff. There's some political stuff that's part of my values, like um, justice, equality, um, uh, sustainability I want to work with people like yeah. my ideal client are people like those so I like to talk about those issues because they they attract my ideal client however there's certain things I know and that's the thing that's me and my decisions I make it's not right for everybody and and it's about understanding what's right for you drawing those lines in the sign line lines in the sand and drawing your own boundaries and sticking to them and then that enables you to show up more consistently on social media without getting dragged into a bit of a shitstorm. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I am loving this interview because there's there's so many pearls of wisdom that we're sharing with this because it is it's it's where well named. <laughs> it's where our experience comes from. And there are there are so many, and I'm so I'm going to ask you now, will you come back? Will you please come back as a regular? I would love to come back. Thank you, Pearl. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I would love to. <laughs> because there are so many topics that we could add and grow from. They're almost. Oh, yes. Object. We could get juicy yes. into each of these, couldn't we? <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> I will move on. Now, you've mentioned something just in this last conversation with this next question. What key values does your business offer you? Uh, th- well, this is a really key element of. Um, how I came to do what I do and how I moved away from that time where I was just 
taking it. I was, and that was come from a fear-based place because I just we had no money. So I, I'm compassionate when I look back. Or sometimes I kick myself for like not having more integrity at that point in my life. But at the same time, I'm compassionate with that Lisa because she was broke and she had small children and she just <laughs> needed some money. And she learned a lot in that experience as well. Um, but my, now it's um, the people that I really really love working with and so the people think what I push in what I push in my own marketing and in my own messaging is the big thing is integrity yeah. integrity in everything that we do and everyone has their own um so, so integrity means that whatever your own individual values are you stick to it so it's not about judging somebody else's values or somebody else's belief system it's about understanding what yours is and then um allowing your business to be shaped by it yeah. and that apart from anything else creates a happier environment to work in a happier life yeah. you know more than anything you go to bed feeling that you have acted throughout the day with integrity and every post you've written every comment you've engaged with the way you engage with your customers the way you engage with your family and your friends if you're all doing that from a place of integrity then you 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 feel more fulfilled and you feel more you're, you're doing you're doing what you feel is the right thing to do and that will differ from person to person but again it's staying in your own lane and being conscious curious and mindful about yourself yeah. uh, and what works for you um so integrity is huge but um, another element is um self-compassion well compassion in general but definitely yeah. self-compassion like i say i'm compassionate to old lisa but if something doesn't work it's you've not failed it's just not worth you've got to understand you've got to ask yourself well why why didn't with compassion what not not with judgment but why didn't that work yeah. so that you can understand it and unpick it and make changes you yeah. can't if you just think i've failed it hasn't worked like people will say oh social media doesn't work well it's, it's of course social media works just whatever you were doing didn't work or it didn't work yeah. the way you were doing it or maybe you were doing it fine but you just were expecting results instantly and it didn't happen that way and you had to just keep on whatever it is it's different again for every individual in every situation but compassionately it's, it's that compassion but it's not about pandering and just saying oh well you know whatever it's taking action but doing so with compassion so it's comes from a place of self-love if you can't love yourself you're not going to be able to go out and be courageously visible because yeah. you're going to hold yourself back and you're going to you know there's nothing worse than that sort of self-deprecation that so many people feel and I think again social media can contribute to that but we are here to cultivate our own paths and yeah. that's a key element of it so compassion and integrity um equality justice those are the people that i want the people fighting for that the people then like if i can if i can bring people to work with me and i can help them be more courageously visible and they are on a path to bring more justice and equality and um diversity into you know corporations and and um, businesses and you know those sort of people and if i can allow them to empower them to be leading lights online then that's my mission that is a really part of my mission to empower those people to stand up for what they believe in so that they can um really make have a positive impact on the world and move the world that step forward we really need to take right now <laughs> <laughs> well this is this is pure gold dust it really is and all of these values i think i can resonate with every single one Amazing. And where you say, like when I talk to people and I say about PR and when you do marketing, nine times out of 10, it's spin where you take that positive bit and you share it. And when you look at yeah. numbers, they, again, that's misleading because everyone thinks you get high numbers. That's only because they're sharing the highest numbers. They're keeping quiet about the bit that hasn't worked, yeah, had a bad so result. True. And everyone, every marketing agent, everything will look at the analytics and we'll see what's working and that's what they give back to the client say oh we've had a great success in this we've had return on investment in that and we've had a really good turnover but the stuff that hasn't worked they keep quiet they then talk to their team and say right we need to build this number up we need to do something in this area because it's not engaging properly but if we, if people don't understand that again they don't they go into something with the wrong expectations because not yeah. everything works and 
we know just from using the right word, we might see that a certain hashtag is prominent and is working and will get more results so yes that could be put into the next campaign and that could be the leading promoter because we know that it, people engage with it. it the point that's really important that you make there as well is what what I love and I think it's important is that even something that has been successful we have to understand even that so when we say why has something not worked but why has something been successful? What can you do more of that's been successful? Yeah. What and, and also bearing in mind that things change, that people change, especially like in the last six months, um, you know, the, the, everything around us has become uncertain and unstable. And so that has changed the way um, audiences have interacted with certain content and their expectations as well of certain content. So you have to be consciously, constantly curious mind and mindful again not just yeah. of yourself but of, of of the environment around you and and whether you're looking at the numbers that didn't work and saying why and it's and that's it's just a nor any big business successful big business will have things that don't work and there's that they're, they're not sitting there saying that they're a failure they're just they're looking at it and assessing it and understanding what to move forward but equally looking at the boat the other side of it what has worked and why has that worked it's the understanding of it that gives yeah. us the power to be able to build yeah and this is where the phrase a b testing has been coined where really yes. we're trying yeah. two different things one might work better than the other but if it works on your campaign three months ago it doesn't guarantee that it's going to work on the next campaign no because people know and so people can become too complacent can't they yeah. because of yes. that because they've just you know and i've been guilty of that in the past because you just it's it's easy to be complacent it's the easiest thing in the world but it's understanding that it's that constant curious mindful approach to marketing to ourselves to how we approach um how how we approach our visibility it's i am loving loving this interview <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in a question now this question is just sort of left field as it were it's what i used to put to all the ceos and directors that i'd work with in corporate if i want them to produce or give me content for a blog article i'd always throw this in but i thought i'm going to put it to my guests as well because you never, you never know what the results will be lisa what keeps you awake at night i love that question i do love that question um i think if you asked me that question a year ago it might have been different to now though that's the only thing <laughs> there's a lot that keeps me awake at night now um including my five-year-old kicking me in the back that often happens um but no I think um what's always kept me awake and what actually drives me and my values now is that I feel that the world is a very challenging place for our children you know and I've got three of them and I want them to I want to feel that I'm leaving them a world that is in some way slightly better than what I came into it in and it, it certainly doesn't seem to be going that way and and so for me that's what that might be unrelated to business but that is something that drives me and it drives the values it drives the people that I want to work with and I know there are an awful lot of things in the world I cannot control and if I do go down that road like you can do at 3am in the morning of staying up with it ticking in your head of all the things you can't control what that leads to is you know depression anger frustration sadness all those feelings that suck your energy they're valid feelings. I'm not saying they're all. We feel all the feelings. We're human, um, but to actually be productive and take steps to um, have even the smallest impact, like we can never underestimate our impact. I work with one of the, one of my clients. I work with supports women who are stepping out from um, domestic violence and helps to um, uh, curb the. Um, cycle of of abuse so the children who are damaged by the abuse to help them recover and properly heal so that when they grow into adults they they're not carrying that baggage around with them I mean when I think of the ripple effect of me being able to help her to reach more people to help more more children recover from abuse and more more families be healed I mean, it, it astounds me. And that's like one example. Um, the people I work with are doing such incredible work. But even 
even a smile can change the course of somebody's day and so if we really tap into that we can't control everything but we can have an impact and no matter how small that may seem and how like it can sometimes make us feel very insignificant and I I want people to feel empowered that they have significance and they they might not be able to control everything but they can control um what they can control they can put their energy into um and that's why I believe that language is so powerful because that's the way we can do that and why i believe you know social media marketing because we can reach more people um and yeah that's that's like a real driver behind why i do what i do and the people i like to work with oh that is absolutely fantastic this is why i love putting that question in because i get the best answers from that that's where you say where you're coming from what you're it's the core of somebody's yeah yeah, core of someone's fear (laughs) is like yes absolutely I love that question as well and and it's a question that when we're thinking about our ideal client and who we're trying to talk to we need to understand that from their point of view as well even if it has nothing to do with the actual business that we're presenting we need to understand them as people and understand what makes them tick and often that 3am question that's the thing that makes them tick yeah and also I find when people answer that and say nothing they sleep well that's telling me they're doing exactly what they should be doing because they've not got all those worries in the background that's very yeah that's very interesting yeah definitely (laughs) definitely (laughs) been awake in the middle of the night oh you see I get like this now if I get an idea because yes I'm bad I go to sleep with iPads and everything all around and if I wake up that's it if I've got an idea I know there's no sleep that night because there's no sleep no yeah because me last night I had my daughter woke me up two nights ago and so I was so tired waiting for the day to close like just I just want to go to bed just want to go to bed and then as soon as I got into bed suddenly I was like oh my God, I've just had the best idea <laughs> so to get my journal out and write it down because I knew if I tried to keep it, I'd, I'd just be thinking about it all night. So I had to get my journal out and get it out of my head so onto paper so I could, and I did actually see it then. Thank goodness. I thought I've never, you'd have seen a zombie today if I hadn't have done that. I'm glad I did that. But again, that's learning and knowing ourselves. I know now if I've got that idea, I give into it because it's productive. Yeah, because otherwise... Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, like, yeah, like you say, and it's then taken away from that negativity where you wake up and they say where you run through all the times you've made a real idiot of yourself and it goes over and over yeah. in your mind and you think, oh, we shouldn't do that. Whereas if you've got something positive, I have affirmations, I say now, and that's almost like my calming mechanism. If I wake up and a negative thing comes in, yeah, I think of the affirmation, yeah. I put that in and that gets me back into the right positive train. Oh, that's thing. lovely. I might steal that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, this is where it's knowing yourself and how you work best and what the triggers are to help you. And it's like you said, it's seeing exactly what you want to give. So you call in those solar line people that actually think and vibrate at the same energy as you do. Yeah. Um, it's, it. It is exactly it. And it's a learning curve because you and I have got stories we can tell from where we've learned through our careers. And we know what we don't like, but you also know how you're going to hone your service so that you can actually do a better service and you connect and work with the people that you want to and you can help and touch their lives in every single way. Yeah. Amazing. Agree completely. (laughs) It's the second person. You know, nobody ever comes in when I'm on a call. You fourth thing. I've had two two people coming in. they're normally very good (laughs) now i will i will double check with you because i can see this this um interview is going to last way over the time that we allotted do you have more time to carry on i I do have a call at one o'clock so i do have a call at one o'clock i would love to stay for longer but i'm very would love to come like you say come back and i mean it's one of those things that I, i i'm could we could have fired through the questions and answered them in shortly but I think by doing what we've done we've gone deeper and we've got juicier and the discussion has been um high caliber so it's been worth it definitely so in that respect I will ask you one more question because I know you need to get off I've just seen the time but 
we've already asked you back to do other things so we carry on this interview as a part two yes. so anyone listening start from where we left off next time <laughs> but, so I will ask you one last question here Lisa where and how do you work best I work best when I have no shoes on and my feet are on the sand or on grass and I feel grounded and connected. Like um, I am definitely somebody who thrives being around nature and being able to even just see space, just to be able to take in the um, enormity and beauty of the world and it's inspiring so I will um I what I'll often do is I'll often walk and work yeah. and people I had a coach I was working with once that said no you shouldn't do that you shouldn't take your phone with you when you're walking you want to do your work and go for a walk or work walk and do your work uh you know you know do one or the other so you can be totally focused where you are um and I I, I ended up because I'm committed to my work and my clients and everything I would put off going for a walk and I'd never get it done yeah. <laughs> I'd never do it and and it doesn't help me it doesn't it's, I don't I feel my my whole posture drops and I you know I feel all cramped I feel physically and mentally um less than par shall we say um and so yeah I I decided to ignore that advice eventually and took my own and followed my instinct and I I went to I cannot believe how many times I've been interrupted I'm so sorry and um I and so yeah that's what I do I take I take my phone with me and I will go and I can be walking for two hours and um, to sometimes longer and I'll stop in between I might stop on a bench or, or stop on a rock somewhere um and in those spaces as well and then I listen to music in between and I might do I, I might do videos like social media videos in those spaces but wherever just being allowing myself to be somewhere that is not um stagnant yeah that allows sort of the energy to flow that allows my, I just that feeling of just being feet on the ground there is so, yeah. nothing more powerful to me personally for my creativity um, and well-being <laughs> my mental health and that so yeah that's me well that is absolutely absolutely wonderful I am going to let you get on because I know you've got other things to do just going to say a massive 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 thank you I have loved this interview and I can't I wait have loved to it too, Belle. thank you so much I can't wait okay you, you came very high I had several people say to me <laughs> you need to listen to Pearl you need to check Pearl out so you obviously your reputation precedes you <laughs> thank you so much I, I've loved this interview and I can't wait to speak to you again I look forward to speaking again absolutely so you take care thank you thank you and you thank you Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the content shared. Please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.